So, uh, when did you actually watch this week's uh, subject? I watched it uh, Friday. Mm, nice. Yeah. Watched it Friday. Was worried. I was like, is it streaming or am I going to have to pay for it? And nope. Or I was like, did I even have a DVD somewhere or a Blu-ray in the house of it? I did not. Thank you, Netflix, right? Yeah, straight on Netflix. So that was good. But yeah, definitely saved a couple of ducats. Though, man, well, whoever transferred that thing on the Netflix needs to be shot. Because <laughs> I know they did a, I know they did like a 25th anniversary or like uh, even before, maybe even a little bit later, like retransfer, update, clean everything up of it and i was just like this this is definitely not that version this is the one that they were playing on like fucking channel 44 <laughs> Same yeah it's tape. weird that right in the middle they had that uh ad for um uh dentine ice Pop saga, you know we keep it groovy. Uh-huh. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty live, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no live. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. Heard this right. is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop saga. Hello, brave souls, and welcome to Pop Saga Presents Pop Scares Ya, a month-long series of spooky podcasts about pop culture's biggest fiends, freaks, and frightening phantasms. Tonight, we present for your petrified perusal the 1982 film Poltergeist. Directed by Toby Hooper and written and produced by Steven Spielberg. It's the terrifying tale of what happens when unchecked suburban development runs afoul of the spirit world and the horrifying experiences of a family caught in the middle. Now, here are your haunting hosts, John from Beyond and Phantasmo Forest. <laughs> you alright there? <clears throat> yes. I mean, no, I'm just going to stop doing that now. But Man, that was excellent. I'm glad you bought a pop filter because it was a lot of <laughs> peas to pop. Yes, yes. Uh, it's a good thing there was a pop filter. Or that would have been unlistenable. <laughs> Man, all right, you set the mood. I am, I, I, I am extremely scared right now. <laughs> right, yeah, but not for the reasons you might think. Um, yeah. So, welcome everybody to our month-long Halloween event, the very first of its kind. From your friends here at Pop Saga. TM. TM, 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 TM. <laughs> yeah, super exciting. Uh, it's always great to do the first of anything for 
anything, and this is a great way to do it. Um, I think, uh, I know we've kind of, I think maybe we've mentioned it in passing, maybe if it's all ended up on the cutting room floor. But, you know, big boy. (laughs) The cutting room. You you see, because it's, how, how, oh, well. I don't need to explain. Yeah, everyone gets it. All right. Uh, yeah. Huge horror movie fans. Um, and figured it's October. So we should be talking about everything spooky scary. Absolutely. And we have a whole exciting slate of scary movies that we have uh, planned out and are going to be recording uh, throughout the month. And uh, yeah, we're just gonna be talking about all of the all your favorites, mostly I would say actually a hundred percent from the past. And there's even a little bit of a a, a left turn in there for you um, coming up a little bit later in the month, and we'll talk about that when it comes around. But ninety um, percent horror movies. <laughs> I don't want to give it away too much, but yeah, it's like ninety five percent horror movies. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I Absolutely. think it's, it's impressive. We got a, you know, a schedule, an itinerary. Uh, you know, you'll just have to keep listening. <laughs> you know, I always look to my right. Because I have my window open and I'm waiting for a masked individual to be staring at me from the lighted trees away from my backyard. <laughs> so thanks. Well, I'm glad we are in such a spooky space to talk yeah. about today's spooky movie. I don't actually remember the first time that I saw this movie, but considering this movie eventually garnered a PG. I probably saw it, like, way before when I was supposed to. Yeah. Do you remember when you uh, saw this movie? Um, yes. I mean, obviously, I was not really old enough to attend it and remember it in theaters when it came out. I say I'm old, but I'm not that old. Um, I remember I used to watch it on... Um, like local television out here it would either be on channel 2 or uh, sometimes channel uh, 44 um, out here uh, so I was watching since it was PG I guess they just showed everything there are some things that definitely blocked from memory and I haven't seen this film in like easily 20 plus years from the last time I watched it um so much show, I was uh, shocked to see that Toby Hooper directed it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, yeah, we'll, um, we'll t- I guess we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about th- yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that uh, because there is some. Um, there's a lot of chatter around that, um, but uh, yeah. No, I, I go ahead. Uh, no, I was just gonna say I do remember seeing. Uh, poltergeist three in the theaters oh the one about the skyscraper yeah and them staying with their aunt or something like that and um yeah, yeah definitely stays with her aunt and yeah in a skyscraper yeah 
definitely not the um that's definitely not the top of the pops for the poltergeist movies that's for sure <laughs> um, i think you could argue that uh after the first one things uh began to go downhill um when they expi- the when i think they wait when they tried to expand the the mythos behind uh not to get too far ahead but behind what happens in the uh the the freelings house um i think uh that starts to sort of muddy the waters as it were um in terms of the that the how sort of tight and interesting that the first movie is yeah i think they're in proper numerical order like if you yeah. had to rank them <laughs> that's a good way of putting it they are there um yeah, I almost, it was funny after, uh, you know, I won't say anything until we get there, but after watching this, uh, watching it again, I was just sitting there going, it's like, I really wish Poltergeist 2 was just a completely different story. Like yeah. Like a different family, different, you know, situation, different everything. Like, once it starts going like, oh, no, 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 this time, you know, like Poltergeist 2 almost felt like the tagline should have been like Poltergeist 2, this time it's personal. <laughs> this you know, time there's a cult. Yeah, this time's got a real creepy old dude and he's just going <laughs> to look at you like he's got no gums in his mouth. He's all teeth <laughs> and he's kind of greasy. Yeah, I would have liked to see just like have maybe have uh zelda rubenstein be the um connective tissue between the the three movies but just have them be of different poltergeist thing that would be pretty that'd be pretty rad they didn't really do sort of anthology sequels like that as much i think during this time no i mean you got that whole messed up two movies of halloween featuring michael myers and then one featuring um not michael myers and that was a damn mistake but right then, season of the witch or whatever i think it was yeah oh yeah <laughs> that was a weird one yeah silver shamrock the fucking hell. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I hate that one so much the mask in them are like the the kids like the mask the kids wear to me are generally creepy but fuck i hate that one so much um it's funny like later on you know that whole conjuring series or insidious series well i guess like conjuring and insidious are the same damn movie to me shit they even have one of the same actors in between both of them but it, <laughs> it felt like they stole a lot of uh stuff from poltergeist and yeah the you know zelda rubenstein character is kind of like in the insidious movies and then they put one in the conjuring movie it's so but they're they're all so bad uh, especially <laughs> when compared to this movie yeah it yeah. it is um this movie was huge uh, hugely influential and that's hard to um uh, sort of argue that um but uh yeah so as we said or as i, sh- I should say that i said during the intro um this uh movie came out uh back in uh, 1982 and um it was directed by toby hooper and written and produced by steven spielberg steven spielberg was in the process of making et and contractually could not make any other movies but he had this idea about um 
well it was originally sort of spun off of of the original idea for et um which was called uh night sky i believe and it was more of like a dark story about a group a family in uh like a rural farmhouse being terrorized by aliens sort of a, a more kind of jokey uh signs kind of this <laughs> was what it sounds like for what i could find out and that eventually tra- transmogrified into poltergeist when he went to toby hooper to to direct this idea that he had um and toby hooper was really not interested in the sci-fi elements he uh he wanted to see something more uh, on the supernatural side and so poltergeist was born and uh released in 1982 just a week uh before et debuted yeah. and um yeah toby hooper for a really long time did not get uh, a lot of credit for this film um even uh publications that at the time called it the summer of spielberg <laughs> toby hooper get lost I, I mean, um, do we want to have this debate now, or do we want to have it later? Cause well, I think as long as you brought it up, we should probably talk about it a little bit. Um, yeah. It seems like uh, there has been, there is some debate between people who were in the movie, the press, the crew, about who actually directed Poltergeist. Um, I, I don't I can know say why just there's from, a debate. Yeah. <laughs> um... I think, and I think you're kind of hinting at the same thing, if you've seen Toby Hooper's movies and you see this movie, there's very little evidence of his influence on it. It doesn't really feel like. There's one part where it feels like it probably could have been his, but that just Mm -hmm. might have been due to bad practical effects. Yeah, I I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, I, don't, I, I, won't, I won't say nothing until we get there. I mean, look, I'm going to put it like this. On my notes, which usually has, you know, this time is about four and a half pages long for this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I put all the basic information that, you know, you've given out, like, directed by Toby Hooper. I put Toby Hooper in quotes. Because um, <laughs> after I watched this... I then on on um, uh, I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Life Force. So literally, a movie he made before um, Poltergeist and a movie he made afterwards. And you can see that Life Force has a lot of uh, like Spielberg esque elements to it. Like someone who learned and studied a lot, but. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there is nothing there that would make me feel comfortable in saying that, yeah, yeah, he, he, he directed this movie. There, this, this, like, this might as well have been, like, directed by Steven Spielbergo and then written <laughs> by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Like, oh, he yeah. just happens to have, like, his, you know. Latin American equivalent was directing this. But I like that film biography idea. A slick Hollywood picture to gloss over my evil rise to power like Bugsy or Working Girl. Get me Steven Spielberg. He's unavailable. Then get me his non-union Mexican equivalent. Even 
so I did a fair amount of research after watching this movie uh, into that um, into that that claim, and even the defense, because several people have come out and said, "Hey, you know, uh, Stephen was there a few days to help out with some shooting." Um, you know, he filmed a couple of scenes and he was always, they were always collaborating on notes, but you know, he, you know, Hooper was there, uh, you know, calling action and cut on every scene. He's the, you know, he was really involved, but at the same time, like the, the strongest defense that anyone could, could say about him is that he was there calling action and cut all the time. (laughs) It's just like, okay, well, um, that okay I, I guess that's i mean it's not saying like oh no he totally owned the story he was these were all his original sort of thoughts it was like no he was he called action cut so that's technically directing the the set was 20 minutes away from where they shot parts of et right okay yeah like i'm like and look i'm not gonna take anything away from toby hooper texas chainsaw massacre is a I could imagine for the time um, would have been one of the most violent things to ever watch, even though it's very much like Psycho. You don't really see the violence uh, firsthand. Yeah, a lot of it's implied. Kind of implied and stuff, but I could see that like scaring audiences. I'm not going to take that away from them. Life Force, whoo! Okay, that, that was just a canon film, so you take that for what that's worth. Um, and like, but there was nothing like everything of this just, I don't know, read like a Steven Spielberg movie. Like, I mean, even the music by Jerry Goldsmith, I mean, you know, he, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, it, it, and this is one of what Steven Spielberg's like rare writer credits. Like, I mean, yeah. he, this felt like a movie that he for sure wanted to, um, direct but like you said to uh, what contractual obligations with et he could not direct another movie during that time which i guess makes sense you wouldn't want someone double dipping all the time but yeah i just want his focus to be on et and yeah he snuck away and and some people say that allegedly he kind of just snuck away and, and kind of ghost directed this movie (laughs) pun intended yeah he haunted that set with awesomeness yeah and he's like he described their collaborative process and their collaborative process was more or less like uh anytime toby hooper would uh would uh like hesitate to answer like how uh like a certain direction should go Steven would just jump in and be like, hey, this is how it should go. <laughs> yeah. Just he's like, like, hey, I made... He's like, hey, I made Jaws. Um, yeah. So, uh, we're gonna hello. do uh, Close encounter of the third kind, anyone? <laughs> great, great, great. Yeah. Um, you know, and in the future, uh, a little movie called Jurassic Park and Saving Private Ryan. So, I know what I'm talking about. And I have so, a time machine. <laughs> so, step aside. Let me direct this (laughs) carefully manicured movie. Watch me, Toby. You can make this in a few years. And then, like I said, you got Life Force. Exactly. That was a tough tough couple of watches. 
Space vampires coming at ya, sucking out your life force. It's in the title. They don't wear any clothes for no reason. <laughs> There's a lot of nudity in this movie. Yeah. Doesn't yeah, further that's, the plot. <laughs> that's pretty much all I remember from uh, Life Force. Well, correct. I wish I, sh- I should have just messaged you and say, hey, what do you remember about Life Force? I haven't seen that in a, a long time. And then you could have just told me like, that. I would have been like, uh, nudity, crystals, vampire, space, and... Yeah, Perfect. You would have lost me at vampires. I can't stand vampires, so I'm like, all right, I'm I'm good. I don't need to watch it. Why, John? What are you talking about? How could you say that about me? Oh man, if you were here, I'd stake you right through the heart. My word. Yeah. I, Speaking I, of stake, a raw one is calling my name. Goodbye. Oh my God! Oh. It turned into a bat. Oh, he I just had me in his vampire thrall. Then, blacked well, then out. He saw raw Dracula steak. showed up. He sounds yeah. like the worst vampire ever. It sounds like like Count Ducula. <laughs> like, I want tomato sauce, not blood. <laughs> just like, all right, I guess, dude. I don't think you know how this vampire is. the original Batman. Get out of here, Dracula. God damn it. Got all these weird. These weird creeps showing up around the 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 Pop Saga recording studio. Yeah, we gotta stop giving out our address. (laughs) Well, you need to stop giving out your address. Like all are welcome. Come, creeps. (laughs) All are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a great transition. Let's get back to the show. Um, so uh, I forgot this movie started with the national anthem. Yeah. I had to check briefly, and I was like, did I put on the wrong movie? Well, I remember it's... I, see, it's funny. I remembered when it started with just, like, the snow on the TV. Um, but, yeah, it starts with the national anthem uh, to signal the end of the programming day, which used to be an actual occurrence. Uh, for those who are too young to remember that, there'd be time where network television would just turn off for the night. <laughs> This concludes our broadcast day. And now it's just like, Jerry Springer at 6 a.m. So, do you know who the dad is or not? Alright, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, no. It, it, it truly, this truly was like a snapshot of um, uh, a different time. Yeah. It, it, well, it, it's actually really cool, I thought, because like they overlay the national anthem with just like uh, the camera p- pressed up against the TV. Yeah, it's and possible. yeah, and you can't tell what the, there's like these just these blurry blotches, and you can see sort of each of the individual. Um, you know, you wouldn't call them uh, pixels necessarily, but um, but you you really see the texture of the TV th- that close, and I found that it was like a kind of a good sort of creepy imagery to st- start the movie off with yeah i mean yeah it, it zoomed in where you couldn't really tell what was going on and as it was zooming out it was just showing different pieces of americana you know flags yeah. the, the your standard statue. end of the day weird like end of broadcast day i hope you've enjoyed our programming or whatever the fuck it used to yeah. say 
Yeah, was, uh, that was always, that always, I mean, I knew that was the end of my night when I couldn't watch anything until cable existed. Once we got cable, right. that did not matter anymore, but yeah. Um, you notice what type of TV it was? I did not. A Sony TV? Yeah, th- this, it's, man, you know, I never thought, like, uh, what, uh, like marketing or um, any, product anything placement. That product placement would be, like, prevalent in movies that old, but sure enough. Oh, there? Yeah, it's there. This oh, it's has- there. This family has three Sony TVs too, and them shits ain't cheap. Oh, they so, have a lot of. They're they. I think you see a lot of like it demonstrates a lot of. They have a lot of like gadgets and and sort of like high end electronics. Um, you know, you don't find this out now, but um, the you know the um, the the feel Freelings are are doing pretty well because. Larry Freeling is uh, is uh, the top uh, real estate agent in this in this really depressing suburban development that they live in. It's Steve Steve Freeling. Is it Steve? Uh, he looks yeah. like a Larry. I don't um, blame you. I'm just gonna call him Coach Freeling. That's what I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was Coach, and then after a while, I used his name, and then yeah, I went to Coach it's Craig. Um, Craig, hey Craig, how you doing, Craig? Craig T. So, yeah, I'm not saying your last name though. No. Um, but I thought this was like, um, yeah, like you said, a really good establishing shot because it's zooming out the TV. Then it goes to snow, and then we're just like kind of given a tour of the house by the dog, who like yeah, that's a great. Where. That's great. I love that. Yeah, He's where like all he, the chips, all the, the little secrets, he knows where to get, how to get. Yeah, he he knew where all the foods were. Like he was like, I know I'm gonna get potato chips up here. I'm gonna get a little bit of sandwich down here. Uh, and but as he's going through the house, he's in, kind of introducing us to this family. We get to see the dad. Then we go up into the older daughter's room. We see uh, he, he so, somehow she fell asleep on a bag of chips. Um, <laughs> yeah, she just was under her pillow, and the dog knows where it, it is to the point where I thought, "Oh no, she she does this a lot." Yeah, like it, like it's a problem. Like, yeah, she should probably get that fixed. Yeah, um, no one, no um, mythical creature is going to come and give you money for that. Yeah, and then um, as he's going around, he's doing his thing. Uh, we go into the younger kids' room. Um, we can see there's a, a young boy and girl there, uh, the younger, the youngest of the freelings, and um, we notice that uh, the little girl sets up uh, Carol Ann, as we find out a little bit later. Um, she she sits up and she's hearing something. Yeah, this is where we get our first uh, interaction between Carol Ann and the television. Just carrying on a conversation with the television at full volume. That, of course, wakes everybody else up. And yep. uh, they're going to check out uh, what's going on. But um, that's just kind of like to set the stage. Something weird's going on with the TV. Uh, because we're going to go from there to just establishing the real horror of this movie, which is the suburban diaspora. Oh, nice, nice nice use of the word fucking somebody's <laughs> been going to dictionary.com for a word of the day I'm you kidding. know it 
Um, and immediately as somebody who is, uh, just like yourself, uh, born and raised in California, it is, uh, it is unmistakable, um, central Southern California, or sort of, uh, valley, valley land, Southern California. We get the, the green hills, a couple oak trees, classic Southern California. Yeah, and just, uh, real estate development across the board every house oh yeah the same. like no no anything everything everything's very cookie cutter oh um, yeah it is the suburban sprawl um here's one of the things so i like them from the scene dude sweating his ass off riding a bicycle balancing a like a child's bicycle balancing a beer a th- like a pallet of beer um in one uh, hand yeah, so for a second I thought that was caffeine-free Coke because I could not tell what beer it was until I was like, yeah. "Oh, it's Michelob." Like, right? But fuck, man, yeah, he he is sweating his ass off. I was like, "But he's an adult. Why wouldn't he just like get in his car?" Like, dude, this is a DUI recipient for sure. This guy so? cannot drive, and that's the only reason. That's my that's my story for this guy. Um, yeah. And I think that's backed up by, you know, uh, we see the mischievous uh, kids uh, in the neighborhood and they're driving remote control cars in front of him and make him wipe out. And, like, this beer is just, like, half of it bails on the ground, starts spraying everywhere. There's beer spraying out of his this thing he's holding and he just runs into the living room yeah. with beer spraying everywhere and no one <laughs> even gets up. No one bats a fucking eye. He just runs into there and he hands off like these... Every one of those beers is going to explode. Like, <laughs> right? Like, and I mean, it was, it, it was like under pressure for a long time. Because that stream, yeah, went from the outside straight to the inside as he's handing out these fucking beers. This whole sequence was so fun because like, I had made up in my head already because, that this guy was a like an alcoholic and he had gotten a DUI or like several DUIs and he had had his his license taken away. That's why he jumps on one of uh, Steve's kids' bikes and just books it to the liquor store. And then he comes back, there's beer spraying everywhere, and he just runs into the house. (laughs) Like, you don't know what's going on yet. You don't know he's he's got a football game um, that he is desperate to, to see the end of. And he's just like, his desperation and like, he jams in the door and there's like one of i think the teenage daughter is is right there and and i'm like oh i'm worried for her safety is this this the right house is he breaking in i don't remember this part of the movie yeah like i it, it it it's so weird but at the same time i guess fairly normal for like what the 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 chula or chilesta or whatever vista uh, oh, locale yeah. where they're at. <laughs> yeah, uh, like yeah, Questa something or no? Questa right? Vista. It's 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 Questa it Verde. Was I don't know something. Sure, there's not. I mean, there are some green hills, but not a lot. Um, <laughs> but the worst part is he does all this rushing for what? It's the fucking Rams playing. Like maybe the Rams were really good back then, but I wouldn't have. I definitely would not have uh, dropped any beers for the Rams. Um, yeah, that was probably when they were an L.A. team, right? There's no oh, way yeah, that... Because yeah. uh, this is, takes place in California. 
Um, and yeah, there's no way there's just like that many St. Louis fans. <laughs> no, no, no. It was L.A. Rams because it was the kid also had a Ram helmet in his uh, room, and I felt really bad for him. I was like, it's the Rams. <laughs> like, like, you know, it was like when Homer got the Denver Cowboys from Hank Scorpio. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Not the oh. Dallas Cowboys. Like, oh, but it's a team. Marge, you wouldn't understand. Yep. Telegram. Project Arcturus couldn't have succeeded without you. This will get you a little closer to that dream of yours. It's not the Dallas Cowboys, but it's a start. Drop me a line if you're on the East Coast. Hank Scorpio. Oh, the Denver Broncos! I think owning the Denver Broncos is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, explain to me why it isn't. <sighs> you just don't understand football, Marge. I'm like, it's the Rams. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. thanks. Okay. But um, I like when... The, it changes to Mr. Rogers because they're right in the heightened moment of the, the football game. We get the TV switches, and the one guy just one of the guys who has it, like this is his only line, so he's like, I'm gonna give it a thousand percent. He's just like, Oh, oh who's this guy? <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna be like, I bet my life on this game. <laughs> that one, too. I wrote that down. <laughs> Oh my god! You're like, wow. This like we have a guy who's like uh, alcoholic, uh, like a terrible alcoholic, and then another guy who's got a very bad uh, gambling problem. Um, but I do like the the little the like the dad pissing contest that that happens outside because I guess him and his uh, ro- his uh, neighbor have the same remote, and so you know they can they kind of change each other's. Uh, TVs somehow. Yeah, and, I don't uh, think that's how that really works, but sure, sure. No, but they kind of have a a fun back and forth where they're both kind of like changing each other's TVs um, in a real passive aggressive sort of neighbor suburban neighbor way. Um, all this does a great job, I think, of setting up the the like the this is just normal stuff. You know, there's not like a big spooky house on the hill. Um, there's not, you know, your typical tropes of a ghost story. This is just like, you know, at the time, normal California suburban, uh, valley life. Yeah. I mean, it's very, um, yeah, it's very almost counterculture to how a lot of these, uh, haunted house movies or haunting movies kind of start now. It, It, the music's uplifting everything just kind of gets you it's it's a very standard spielberg opening kids riding in the neighborhoods these wide establishing shots and um it was really nice to see them take us through the rest of the house because it's just not them watching football but the bird the kids birds die and then uh the dana freeling played by uh, joe beth no diane freeling excuse me uh the, the the oldest daughter is named Dana. Uh, Diane Freeling, played by Joe Beth Williams, is going to flush the bird down the toilet. And yeah, <laughs> and gets caught. Um, Carol oh. Ann, the the youngest daughter, who is played um, by Heather O'Rourke, uh, she she shows up just in time to almost see 
um, her mom uh, flushed that bird right down the toilet. She does a weird move where she starts the toilet and then goes to flush it down. And I'm like, you want the full force of that suction to get a bird down, lady. So yeah, that's uh, like wiping your ass before you take a shit. You, you don't, yeah, you, you don't do that. <laughs> you don't do it. Yeah, um, but but then we got the nice little uh, burial in the back. Yeah, uh, it sort of transitions into like you know with because of the insistence because she got so- seen. Um, they have to go through sort of a, a more of a, a bird funeral and a um, little foreshadowing you know burying yeah. the uh, the little their little makeshift cop in the yard uh, sort of a foreshadows some developments that happen later but not yet yeah not yet I mean we also catch Robbie Feeling climbing up a tree uh, played by Oliver Robbins mm-hmm. he's the I guess the middle kid, yeah, middle kid there. Yeah, and he and he's climbing up this fucking terrible tree. It's this ugly ass tree. It's a, it's incredible that they decided to keep this on the property since they were able to sort of choose their plot. It seems like, and um, this awful, horrifying looking tree. You know, this tree is going to come into effect later. Um, yeah, there's no way it couldn't. Yeah, it looks dangerous to climb. It looks just, just it looks dead, frankly. Yeah, I don't know. Completely dead. Uh, just like a fire hazard. But he is he's up there. He's going to spot the this this big storms rolling in. Nobody is, else is freaking out about the speed or intensity or weirdness of the clouds of the storm, but um but it, you know, at least he notices it and is uh, acknowledges the uh the oncoming storm. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, typical day in the Freeling household. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, when we when we cut to the nighttime of this of this first day that we're spending with the Freelings, um, we see that this, uh, this, this middle chap, um, uh, Robbie, mm-hmm. um, he's a Captain America fan, so already best character in the film. He's the best character for this reason, and a one eh. later that I cannot wait to talk about. Eh, like, eh, I mean, this kid is a fan of everything. Actually, it looks like he's in my office, but he doesn't <laughs> still have enough shit. I mean, he's a fan of the Rams, which is the saddest thing in the world. <laughs> but okay, he makes John. up for it by having... Can we, can we take it aside a minute? To What did the Rams do to you? It's what they don't do. Um, oh, is no. play good football. Uh, you know, I'm 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 a Niners diehard. Yeah, me uh, too. I'll bleed red and gold. So the Rams are there. The Rams are a problem. I never liked the Rams, and doesn't matter where they're housed, where they're at. Though I will admit, their new stadium looks way better than Levi Stadium. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you just feel bad for the kid who has all these Star Wars toys. Somehow, his parents let him watch Alien because he has yeah, an Alien poster in there. You know, like he's got some primo shit. He's even got like a Chewbacca jacket. This is a baller little little pad. But he's a Rams fan, so yeah. well, you know. I think the tree outside might um, might have known that is too that too. And man, there's the, we get some 
establishing shots of the tree through the kid's window and i i have to say one just one thing about that tree fuck that tree make it into paper (laughs) yeah i i mean look at the very least if i'm robbie and and, or i'm carolan because they both stay in the same room i'm closing the blinds like there's no way in hell i'm ever keeping the blinds open and these kids spoiler alert for everyone out there but for this entire time there are no blinds there you don't see blinds but then until (laughs) towards the end of the movie and then you realize they've been there the whole time and you really have to question why um the kid left the window open if he was so terrified of this tree yeah i mean it is it is a spooky fucking tree yeah um yeah i mean it's it's the second creepiest thing in that room the first one being that ram's helmet anyway okay that's the last time i'll bash the rams (laughs) so so i too was sort of taken aback by the fact that he has he's seen alien and he uh likes it so much that he has a poster and then speaking of trees we cut to uh the parents burning trees uh lighten up a fat fat duber yeah, parents eating some, smoking some doobie snacks. Oh yeah, and um, their door is open. They don't care. Um, these are uh, Steve, uh, played by Craig T. Nelson, um, coach, coach and Incredibles fame. Uh, he is sitting there um, reading a book about Reagan while he's a uh, while he's ro- rolling a duber. So. I was like, wow, he's like he's like a young Republican, uh, pot smoking Republican. This is very feels very eighties. Yeah, I mean, this is it was funny. This scene actually was the part that made me write. Is like, wow, this seems like the most real family I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, because it actually, the- I, I had that exact same reaction. Isn't that's funny? Um, it felt like a really textured, sort of honest portrayal of like a white suburban family uh in their early 80s yeah they're all kind of you know jokey with each other they all had their moments but it all seemed real and it makes sense you know one of the things i read about this film was that you know that's kind of why they hired who they hired while they were actors and appeared in different things it wasn't like they were so well known that it would take them out of it, you know, instead of like right. saying you had like Frank Sinatra and someone else, just saying that Frank Sinatra was never offered the Steve Freeling role. Right. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. A Pop Saga exclusive. Frank Sinatra never offered the Steve slash Larry Feely. There's some ghost. I met a few <laughs> as you see me. I'm smoking a dupe. <laughs> well, um, they haven't met the ha- haven't met the ghosts yet. Well, at least that they know. Um, but I'll I, I'll just say that this this weed has to be incredible because he's doing push-ups. He's, <laughs> he's talking about how around. you dancing around, how you dive into a pool. Uh, they're up on the bed, and like she's telling like a very embarrassing sounding story from her past, and is just like, um, just got a case of the giggles. Um, but uh, their sort of uh, their reverie is interrupted because um, 
uh, of the their kid Robbie. Um, See, he's, he's uh, not so great. Robbie's no, well, not so great. I mean, <laughs> listen, he let's we'll just I want to relitigate this later because I, I feel like Robbie comes back in a big way. Um, but uh, he's a scared. He's scared of some thunder. He's scared of the <laughs> horrifying clown doll that he had. I guess I'm Carol Ann insists on keeping um in a chair facing Robbie's bed all night long which which if it were me I would very much lobby against that um that fucking but that clown would be going where that tree would be going like yeah you know I'll see you in hell as I burn both of them <laughs> yeah but um I, what's kind of cool is I thought this clown. next sequence was not only funny but um, you know, it shows uh, Steve being actually a pretty good dad. Yeah. Um, he goes in is able to sort of give give the kid like a tool that he can kind of um, use to address his fears, and that is the uh, you know counting down from the the flash of the lightning to the sound of the thunderclap, and um, that leads to a great uh, joke because. We have the kid like counting and counting and counting, and then lightning strikes right over the tree, and then we just cut to them like all the kids in bed, <laughs> with yeah, sleeping adults. with the parents. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was cute. And you know, we're not even very far into the movie, but already the national anthem playing on the TV starts to sort of make me creeped out. Yeah, it's almost like it's it, 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 it's like the uh, foretelling that something's going. It's like the herald that something bad is going to happen. Um, yeah, 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 and the strobe is, light, of course. Yeah, and, and the strobe light. You know, well, this is because the parents have a TV. This is the second Sony in their uh, in their house, by the way. Um, yeah, the TV in the bedroom. Fucking national anthem plays. Snow appears. And what happens? Carol Ann fucking wakes up again. Yep. She can hear something that that we, the audience, can't hear. We hear a little whispering, but she definitely hears something else. And um, it's a lot more active this time, because guess what? They're here! Yeah, the the titular line. If you've never even seen this movie, everyone at least knows this from, like, uh, popular culture. Yeah, she says that after these ghostly sort of hands drift out of the out of the TV. They look very Disney. They look like like when there's a delicious pie sitting on a sill, and yeah, the the smell sort of wafts over to a cartoon character and picks them up by the nostrils. Yes, I, I was actually doing that on my side here. I knew exactly what you're talking about. Floating <laughs> them. Yeah, it is very. Like Fantasia esque, yeah. Uh, tendrils, but they like zap the wall. They like turn into a beam and sort of like uh, shoot from the TV into the wall. Yeah, I mean, it, it went from uh, apple pie tendrils to like the Kamakama blast from like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Shooting the wall and shaking the house. Kabai, kabai, ha! <laughs> it's what? It's Goku just pop, pops out of the TV. I mean, I Rex think that would have. Wrecks everybody. You know, though, I think that probably would have been better than the. 
<laughs> than the alternative that happens. Because that fucking house just starts shaking. I, I just would rather get killed. You know, just like, all right, thanks, Goku. Yeah, they do a lot of really cool stuff with, like, how they treat rooms in this house. Um, there's some stuff later that's really cool. But they, like, they, you can tell. They, they pull the camera way back, and they just shake that room. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things I loved is because we get that, we get that scene. We get her saying they're here and then we cut to the morning after we don't really spend a lot of time in that scene and um you know uh, mom serving breakfast and she comes up to carol and it's like hey so remember last night when you woke up and you said they're here what did she what do you mean who's here yeah <laughs> and I then mean, they just kind of move past it but that was great i love that she was like hey so that was weird right yeah, we we can all admit there's a there's something there's something something going on. And uh, <laughs> uh the the one the, there's one little fine detail why the parents were smoking doobie snacks was that she is reading like a book on maybe child psychology or something cuz she's trying to figure out what's going on with Caroline. So it feels like uh the night before where she was just talking to the TV and then this night um, there might have been some other incidents too that have happened. The the cause of the go do this. Well, I mean, she, I don't remember what she was reading, but she's just talking about um, a, a time when she fell asleep in somebody's car and sort of woke up and had a hysterical episode, and then had to be like checked in and tested for a bunch of um, like mental illness and stuff. I think, and. I think she was kind of like connecting that for when she was young to what Carol Ann might be going through. Um, it could have been like I, I just remember because it wasn't like a normal book she was reading, but she was reading something in the back. So it could have even been from that time. Yeah, right. all I remember is the uh, Steve reading reading that uh, Reagan book, um, and uh, I guess that was just pulled so much of my attention, but. Um, no one really, no one really, like, sticks around and, and kind of, like, wonders about this except the bomb, because they just kind of, they just kind of brush past it so fast, and, um, and, and that's, that's kind of creepy in and of itself, uh, not as creepy as the construction people they hired to dig the pool, catcalling a teenage girl, um... And is that Billy from Predator back there? <laughs> I, I wondered. I don't. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Because uh, Billy from Predator, I think, would add uh, a lot more common sense than that. I mean, really uh... just, you know, well, maybe not. Well, you know, it, the character Billy, not the actor who played Billy. Let <laughs> me. Let me state that. Billy seemed like he, you know, he's pretty cool uh, under pressure, including standing on a log and cutting his chest for some reason to fight the pressure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but we digress. Either way, these uh, construction people are the worst. Yeah, um, and I mean, to be fair, though, Dana flips him off. You know, she was. Sure. I mean, she's, she, she's like used to it, I guess. 
Right, it is just gross. And what's even grosser is that the mom sees like these these like fully grown adults just being like, "Oh, jeez, I love you, I love you, oh my god," and um, the daughter flips them off, and then the mom is just like, hmm, "Okay, that went well." <laughs> she, yeah. she doesn't intervene at all. No, no, it's over. And. Uh, and uh, but she's distracted because the dog is barking, and um, and she's wondering well, what's that all about. And uh, the dog is interested in the spot on the wall um, where that energy beam shot into last night. And you know it's it's barking at it, but it also brought it a toy. So you're just like, oh, this is creepy. <laughs> the dog is either scared of this or kind of want wants to be this spot's friend. Yeah, one or the other. Probably the latter. Yeah. Probably just want to be its friend. Yeah. But um then I love how they they switch to the, to to Steve slash Larry um doing his uh his job and he's trying to sell this very skeptical couple on um on one of these on one of these uh these suburban sort of tract houses and um I thought was super interesting is that they cut from the the uh dining room to the exact same dining room in mm-hmm. the house he's trying to sell but it like looks fucking hideous <laughs> it's all plaid that's weird yeah it's just like got a mint green sort of flirtily looking wallpaper and it's just mixed with this like pink it's just like it's the most offsetting off-putting uh color combination and um I, I love how the 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 guy he he's trying to sell to is just like well i can't tell these apart and it was just <laughs> like yeah well and he's yeah. like yeah you know what i agree with you he's he is a really good sale salesman he is really selling the shit out of these uh these terrible looking homes yeah i mean how what was the number like he he, he put in 67 percent of the people living there or something like that or i think it was something i think it was closer to 40 but that's still incredible yeah. for just one salesman yeah i mean and you know look he probably got that house really cheap you know the one he's living in now he's selling he's slinging these ugly ass houses left and right no problem oh yeah yeah he's obviously doing pretty well for himself but um but when he gets home from this this what has to be just exhausting work of lying about how good these houses are um did we oh so we totally skipped over the the chair checking uh stacking scene um which is great it's like one of my favorite scenes in this movie um because yeah, it's when, all done on one take yeah because it's it's yeah. all done in one take you can even see like the f- the plant in the background kind of get disturbed by somebody like grabs a chair and <laughs> puts it up in this it. thing hey but you know it could have been the ghost could have been a ghost yeah. i mean it could have just been the chair is. moving right exactly so that part is i just love it because uh you know carol ann's looking at the static etv um uh mom comes over to to turn it off or to, to turn it into a what looks like a war <laughs> film yeah loud as fuck too yeah and we get the wilhelm scream in there and then 
um, she's complaining that all the kids sort of like untucked the chairs from the television, or sorry, from the table, and um, and she she goes over to sort of fix it, and then she like turns around and turns back, and all the chairs are sort of stacked on top of each other on top of the table instantly, seemingly, and um, she's wondering like, you know, did you are these the TV people you were mentioning before, and did you see them? And a really great delivery by Carol Ann here when she's like, no, did you? (laughs) Yeah. TV people. Uh Uh-huh. is like terrified rightfully so yeah but apparently in the in the intervening hours after this happens goes completely batshit insane (laughs) yeah i mean it, it it definitely stepped up because you can see on like right after the chairs did that and you know, Diane asked Carol Ann about the was the TV people. Did you see him? All this stuff. She looks like super inquisitive. Like she has this look on her face as we pan, you know, away from that. And then you know we get the Steve scene that you were talking about. And then yeah, everything just starts ratcheting up from this point when uh, Steve returns home, and like is just trying to fix the trash cans and. You know, his wife just runs out and grabs him. Was like, you need to see this. You, you, you need to see this now. Now just there, okay? Now just be calm. Okay. Now reach back into our past when you used to have an open mind. Remember that? Uh-huh. Okay. Just try to use that for the next couple of minutes, okay? She's like giddy with excitement. Yeah, and uh, we get a great scene of of her. She's drawn markings and sort of like travel lines and stuff on the floor and she's able sort of to cre- to put a, a a chair in one spot and it sort of is moves by itself um you know to to the dining area and up against the wall um but she's not but <laughs> mama uh, freeling is not satisfied with furniture test oh no we need a live person test and so mm-hmm. there is your dreaded Ram's helmet making an appearance appearance again because Carol I mean, Ann is going to be our um, guinea pig. That helmet isn't going to protect anyone. Not her. <laughs> it doesn't it's protect not any of them properly. Yeah, no, they, I love it. They put her on the floor. She's wearing the Ram's helmet, and the um, whatever's in the house grabs her and moves her across the floor right into uh, Steve's arms on the other side. Yeah. I also love how she's like, Carol Ann is just bored, and she's yeah. like, oh, you're not even making dinner, and she's like, whatever, we'll get Pizza Huts, look at this. Yeah, you f- f- fuck cooked food, we have something magical happening in our house. <laughs> yeah. 
so this is um they're playing around with this this whatever it is and then so far it to them it's more of an exciting a discovery in it and um i'd say though steve has creeped the fuck out but yeah he is definitely he is not sharing in her excitement um what i love is this next scene where they go to sort of talk to their neighbors and they don't they're not sure how to approach it um here's one thing i noticed though their neighbor is eating beans and earlier um the construction guy like kind of came in through the window also looked like he stole some beans everyone in this neighborhood is eating fucking beans <laughs> yeah well it's so, chilly day yeah maybe it's not a poltergeist it's just a butter guys because everyone's just a <laughs> <laughs> yeah a couple of toots left and right there's an evil presence I have the chills, and it smells like garbage at a Whole Foods. He's <laughs> here. <laughs> oh, spirit! The <laughs> spirit is here! <laughs> well, look, I'm going to say one thing about this scene. When they go over to the neighbors, it is a, it's a weird cut. Yes, it's super weird, right? It seems like they're right in the middle of saying something, and then the cut is very abrupt. But if that's what we have to suffer through for this scene, I don't care, because I love this scene. <laughs> the physical acting um, by uh, Joe Beth Williams is incredible in this scene, yeah. when she smacks the shit out of herself <laughs> because the mosquito's on her. Yeah, no, this was... Um, th- this was... This was fun, though abrupt. For a minute, I was like, did they get high before they went over there? But I think they were just more <laughs> weird out. That way. Yeah, because they're more like they're just trying to figure out how to ask if anything weird or odd has been going on with their house. And, um, of course, what, what is it, Tuttle? I think I wrote his name. Yeah. Uh, the neighbor's name's Tuttle. It's like, nope, nothing weird here. Yes, he's eating beans. Fucking the musical fruit. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh good old ben uh he says i don't know i've never been bit by a mosquito and neither has anyone in my family um so not a what lot a of help claim. there what a what? weird fucking claim yeah he's like just like it, this is the 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 pissing contest from before coming back it's just saying like oh you have problems with the mosquitoes i've never had problems with a mosquito and you know it's this this continual uh suburban competition that that we were introduced to uh uh previously yeah but there's like a 40 percent chance that steve probably sold ben his house yeah yeah right so he's just like i i i guess you know after all is said and done i probably wouldn't give steve a pass but poor and i'd be like all right i don't have to do this mosquito measuring contest but um but as the appearance are outside of the house, um, that's when shit goes sideways, mm-hmm. and um, and we this is when we get the uh, shit just really starts to go crazy because we get uh, the closet starts to light up and the fucking tree comes to life. <laughs> yeah, just straight to life. It, yeah. it, it, it Robbie's scared like he was the night before. He's counting. He's counting. He's doing the countdown. Then, like, lightning flashes outside like the night before. 
<laughs> tree just barrels right through that fucking room. Yeah, the the stubby branches of the tree turn into hands. They grab uh, Robbie out of his bed, and uh, you know, while the parents are distracted with the fact that the tree is straight up eating Robbie, <laughs> the yep. scene was pretty scary. Oh yeah, no, it's just like this tree when it pulled him out, I was just like, "Oh fuck, that's fingers." I forgot it started like this. That's how long it's been since I've seen it. I remember the creepy tree, but I don't remember it like breaking in like this. I thought yeah. it smashed through the room, but I mean, it, yes, it did smash through the room <laughs> and grabbed him and just started eating Robbie. Yeah, just and, subsuming him into the trunk. And, you know, as they're they're trying to to work that out, here comes a tornado. <laughs> like you do yeah like but this all serves to dis- distract everyone because uh everyone's come out to see this what's happening with this tornado and this tree but nobody is looking after carol ann and uh guess what she gets her, she and her very substantial glitter supply which just seems non-stop flowing glitter from like every drawer and her bed, her shoe tips over, glitters in it. <laughs> and it's all just being sucked into the closet. And the clown goes in the closet. Uh, if that clown wasn't haunted before, it is now. And uh, terrifyingly, Carol Ann uh, gets sucked into the closet as well. And what happens next is just that everyone freaks out looking for her because the, uh, the mom had brought up the concern previously that they you know the um that she might be sleepwalking and they could just sleepwalk right into the in progress pool they're building pool. yeah so uh, uh diane is uh is, is freaking out yeah i mean they were able to rescue robbie they got him out of the tree and then the tree got uprooted uh actually it looked like it was starting the walk and then the tornado took the tree and carried it off yeah, I'm not um, sure what exactly happened there. <laughs> that yeah, whole sequence is pretty uh, confusing. But he's out, muddy. and the tree's gone. He's out, but yeah, that's when they realize Caroline's missing. Or Caroline, Caroline. Caroline's missing. And um, they thought she was dead for a second because there is a, uh, a body with a blanket overhead, but when they pull it, it's actually the clown. Right. Um, well, we should say that he... So they check in the pool, no dice... And so they decide to go up into the room and all the furniture is sort of up against the, the closet door. And, um, and then we get that clown gag where they, they see a a figure covered in a blanket who's not moving. They assume that it's her and that she's gone and, uh, it's the clown, but it's not really a relief because she's still gone. Um, but, uh, is she though? Turns out, uh, Robbie hears something from the TV, and uh, it's Carol Ann's voice coming from the TV. Yeah, this kid's scarred for life, right? Oh yeah, he he does some very good, terrified sort of like screaming, scream acting, and yeah. uh, I also thought Joe Beth Williams' uh, performance here was really good, where she hears the the voice of her daughter from the TV and thinks it's somewhere in the room and the sort of dawning horror of, uh, of what has really happened. Yeah. No. Chilling. 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 Just like earlier. 
chili. Delicious chili. Yeah, I mean, after I watched this, I went... Because <laughs> I was scared. Unrelated. Unrelated. Um, I'm guessing. And so then, like, weeks pass, I guess. Um, just by the the look of Steve. Uh, and he he's in some... He's taking a trip to some sort of college and he's he's talking to people in the uh, paranormal psychology or parapsychology department three total nerds um mm-hmm. just talking about um what happened he doesn't they're like saying hey can we come into your house can we you know can we record this stuff and he said he doesn't care he just wants to his daughter back um and they ask if he's like told anybody and like weirdly he hasn't told anybody and they haven't gone to the police i mean i guess what would they say so this seems like I mean, something they kind of did well he doesn't want anyone hearing about this he doesn't want anything he like like you said he just wants caroline back doesn't yeah give a rat's ass and that kind of gave me the impression they were kind of asking this because there there are other moments where it seems like they're there to debunk whether these people are lying about the paranormal as well. That's kind of what these investigators were doing. Yeah, and, it's um, definitely part of what they're doing. Marty seems uh, uh, particularly interested Marty. in making sure uh, it's legitimate. But they they recount several times where they have um, they have encountered you know supernatural stuff. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my god the the part where they're they have um that one guy is uh one of the investigators is describing how they they uh tracked a car uh moving a a toy car like moving along a course over the course of seven hours invisible to the naked eye but they have it on on uh sort of like you know high speed tape and yeah. the whole time, Steve is giving them this look like, oh yeah? Oh cool, you saw a car move super slowly for seven hours? Oh, great. You guys are the right ones to call. Yeah. Yeah, then fucking opens the door to uh, the, the Carol Ann and Robbie's room. And that is some fucking insane shit going on. Yeah. <laughs> doot, 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 doot. There's like, there's like a... Uh, a lamp and a bulb get screwed together. It's like the Incredible Hulk wa- riding a wolf, yeah, or a horse like or something. A, yeah, like a Mego Hulk riding yeah. a horse is galloping. The c- creepy ass clown is on one of the beds riding it like a, a bull rider. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just. I just love the, the the just the stare that uh, Steve is giving this guy as he's sort of like, "Hey, I've seen some stuff too." So I mean, we're like, uh, you know, we'll 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 record some stuff. It's it's gonna be great. Yeah, I would have left. Yeah, <laughs> if I was Marty or Ryan here, I just would have left. I just like sorry. Like I'm okay recording a, a car taking seven hours to go like three feet, but I can't handle this. Yeah, and so. <laughs> There's some interesting sort of uh, um, there's some interesting world building here because at one point I wrote down you know are these these investigators meant to be taken seriously or competent or not because uh, I think the first time we see Marty in action 
this sort of bookish guy with a kind of a nerdy haircut and he's got a he's got the camera out he's taking pictures of of you know the these these things that are happening and he's got the lens cap on so what is this guy (laughs) what is his deal I mean, the thing is, I think it shook them, right? Like, they weren't prepared for this. Yeah. They were prepared. Like, he was looking for every excuse to say, hey, there could be an RF transmitter. You know, like, later on, he's talking about, like, the TV. He is, he's, he's like, the uh, proto-Dana Scully, but not nearly as smart or (laughs) brave or uh, (laughs) charming. it's, it's (laughs) It's perhaps because of his his sort of skepticism that he has some of the worst stuff visited upon him because uh even before the, for the stuff that happens later he um is upstairs during one of the events and he comes down and it looks like he's been bit by jaws like something took a chomp on him yeah like a little gooey shark bite on the side of his ribs and i yeah. think that's that turned him into a believer exactly and um you know, we we hear uh, Carol Ann's sort of voice moving throughout the house, so we know that that she is 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 not in this dimension, but certainly in in one that where she still exists uh, within the house. Yeah, yeah, but it, it turns out she is not alone, right? Because no. you can hear running around, and she's like she's saying that there's someone in there with her, and um, she's asking for help. And then, um, was it, uh, Diane starts running up these weird-ass stairs. Can we just mention the stairs from the first to second story are, like, no one would have a set of stairs like that in their house. Yeah, it's like the Brady Bunch stairs, but, like, a nightmare version of it. Um, it's like someone could not... plant in the back, like, that's kind of on the wall in the background. Yeah, don't care for it. It's like someone who couldn't uh, draw a straight line to save their life made these stairs yeah Uh, (laughs) right but yeah she she tries to run upstairs and she gets knocked back by this giant ass gust of wind um that she that she believes is carol ann right she said she she felt it moving through her um and you know now she smells like her daughter which is like a pretty cool scene and you know she's showing it to the investigators and they they're they believe it. <laughs> I mean, I don't like. Yeah, this everything here. I'd have been like this. This is ILM quality stuff because it was ILM. But I feel like this is ILM quality graphics, and I don't can't explain it. So I think there's something going on here. Yeah, and um, I, I I really like the scene where they're all you know after the guy gets bitten upstairs, they everyone decides that downstairs is sort of the safer place to congregate. So. Um, you know they're all kind of like trying to get some sleep down there and they're kind of whispering to each other and the uh the lead paranormal investigator um she is sort of uh trying to reassure robbie about like where people go when they die and she does like a really good job at first but then kind of like really takes a left turn into spooky territory um and then starts just listing off the different types of ghosts and why they're ghosts um but I did really like how she she talks about being a paranormal investigator, even though she's a psychologist, um, and how you know it's just not respected. And and while she's talking about that, she pulls out a bottle of hooch. Yeah, and uh, there's a Doctor Lesh, and uh, Doctor Lesh, yeah, Doctor Lesh, played by Patrice Strait. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And yeah, I guess we should a- talk about the other two. Um, the other uh, investigators are Ryan and Marty. Ryan is played by Richard Lawson, um, who I think everybody probably would recognize. And uh, Martin uh, Casella is played by... Or, sorry, Marty is played by Martin Casella. It's just the... They're like, you'll be Marty. Yeah. Like, we got a name for this guy yet? Oh, uh, Scared Punk was the, the script title. We'll change it. You're Marty now. <laughs> scared Skeptic. Yeah. Um, I like the moment between uh, uh, Dr. Lush and Diane, though, during this thing. Yeah. As she's just trying to reassure her, because, you know, maybe she's a parent, but she understands there's some real creepy shit going on here. And, uh, yeah, sharing that bottle of hooch isn't a bad thing. Yeah, it was a it was a really great moment where you kind of uh, get to know a little bit more about both these characters, and we we find out that Robbie saw his grandfather die. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. like, I was looking at Grandpa when he died. No ghost came out of him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they even kind of explain the difference between a, a haunting and a poltergeist, you know. So that's. Uh, trying to say, you know, what a haunting is an area and a poltergeist is a, a person, I think, if I remember listening to that correctly. I might be right. smoking. Yeah, it's just someone who's confused. They can't go towards the light. They, they're they confused and upset and, and uh, betrayed. Um, but they're usually connected to a person, not an area, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so now, you know, everyone's asleep again. Um, we have this pattern of sort of showing the what happens at the day and then what happens at nighttime. And um, so uh, Marty uh, gets relieved Fucking from watch Marty. duty and he's like, I'm going to go make some food. And <laughs> apparently they told him he could just help himself to whatever's in the fridge because he just pulls out a T-bone steak, puts it directly on the counter. And I guess and he's going to fry a steak at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So That's why I'm not a fan of Marty. Because no. I don't believe they just told him, go ahead, cook whatever. Hell no. But yeah, he pulls out the fattest, fakest looking steak I've seen. And like a fried chicken leg from the fridge. Yeah. And he just pops that shit, the fried chicken leg, cold into his mouth. He doesn't, he's yeah, going to have that as a little snack while he's frying up this steak. Um, but Which yeah, he's exactly. going to pan fry at 2 right. o'clock in the morning. He's going to fucking stink up the whole house, going to make it he's super gonna wake hot. wake up everybody. Yeah, you can't pan fry anything if they're all staying on the same fucking floor without someone hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to smell and like, yeah. And they're going to be like, why are you doing this? I didn't say you could have, this is a T-bone steak. Didn't you pack a lunch or a, a dinner or we gave this you a bag a of Cheetos? This is a family of five. How many T-bone steaks do you think we can afford? Well, I don't know, man. Fucking three fucking Sonys in that house. Is, That's know. true. That's true. I mean, I mean, they do have paper thin walls if a ro- remote control signal can go through. Anyway, but like, yeah, he's eating their fucking food. The Marty, I'm not a fan of Marty. Um, no. And um, and uh, who just puts fucking s- raw steak on a on counter? On the counter. Yeah, he and just he- slaps that on the counter. Marty is a walking disaster. Yeah. And um, no sooner does he get this pan down from the uh, the rack uh, that he looks over at his steak, and that shit has a mind of its own. It's trying to get away. Yeah. It doesn't like Marty either. Yeah, it is literally slinking across the countertop. 
And so while the steak he had in his hand looked like it was made out of cardboard, this steak was as real as it could get. And it was moving like a fucking snail. This this yeah. actually wigged me out a little bit. This is a great effect. And then when it kind of bursts open and different like giblets and disgusting like innards start pouring out of it. Yeah. Um <laughs> That was like a that was just a, a, such a cool effect, and then he drops the the thing he was eating, and it's of course it's covered in maggots. So yep. he runs into the bathroom, and um, you know it's like a, a creepy looking mirror, and something happens to the light, and then he's got he notices a little cut on his face. Yeah, From something. Yeah, and uh, of course, when you notice a little cut on face, you just jam your fingers in there and start to tear. Right, so that's what right he does. Into it. <laughs> he just tears his face off. It goes from, it goes from uh, him with like a, some obvious makeup on, and then it cuts to fucking Guy Smiley from the ses- from Sesame Street, <laughs> <laughs> or like the fucking Count, where he's got like the two Muppet hands in front. He's like, hmm, just tearing his face off. <laughs> I mean, it must have been terrifying at the time, but uh, uh, it looks goofy as hell these days. If I had a time machine, I'd go back to see what people, how people reacted to this, because uh, I don't know. I'm going to say that one looked fake even back in 1982. Yeah. But I mean, like, he, I mean, he is pulling at his face. We could see his skull underneath, and he's just like, then these weird... Uh, jelly tin bits are ending up in the the wash basin, and he's just like, and you know, like look super fucking fake. Um, though you know, I I I guess I could imagine some people being terrified of that and running out. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. All right, Um, I think back in the in the day, I think that this is. I think maybe you're right. You're looking at it on a movie screen. I think you don't notice that cut as much, and you and you are just uh, grossed yeah, out. Maybe. maybe. I mean, maybe right. um, I think Gene Siskel at the time did point out that this this was corny, or he thought that the horror parts were very silly. So maybe not everyone was so convinced. But um, here's what I have to say: because we go back to um, uh, the guy who is on watch um brian and um if you're on watch you gotta watch you can't just be like listening to loud music and looking away from the 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 cameras and drawing yeah and drawing yeah it looks like a pretty cool album cover yeah yeah i'd be there i did or a vhs cover for when they're ready to send all the shit they've recorded so far to like you know, like Entertainment Tonight or something. Like yeah, it's ago. it's got Gozer the Gozerian up in there. Yeah, um, we, we should we should mention that a flash happens while Marty is in the thing, and he's fine. Yes, Marty is fine because he runs out uh, and and finally lets Ryan you know taps Ryan on the shoulder, and and then we uh, we get a very a kind of a confusing scene where. Um, everyone wakes up and it sort of like notices and is transfixed by this ghost that looks like a woman sort of in like these flowing sort of this fabric all around her. It looks like she's kind of underwater or whatever. Um, but the camera captures a bunch of like gangster ghosts who <laughs> looks like they're just going to catch the subway or something. Yeah. Very, very album cover walking. As yeah. Well. So <laughs> these upward shots. I'm not sure what 
why we get these two sort of experiences, but um, it's still not like, regardless of what Marty has has uh, has gone through, um, it's not as malevolent uh, yet as it probably could be. But um, yeah, we just get a bunch of like ghosts walking around. It was an interesting scene, and it and it sort of like. It gives the reason for or a reason for the paranormal investigation people to kind of bug out, get out of there. They got their their tape, but I thought that that sort of the difference there was sort of like eh? <laughs> it's claimed almost gave me for some strange reason close encounter vibes a little bit the way mm-hmm. the light and all that stuff worked. So yeah, like how the little the orbs of light and stuff kind of had a a close encounter look to them. Um, but this next scene is one I wanted. I really wanted to get to um, because this is the scene I think that cements Robbie as a very cool, cool character. Because I don't know if I missed something, but uh, he just gets to do a cab with a dog and leaves. <laughs> and the way his parents <laughs> are acting, it seems like he's just has decided to move out. Like he's like, "Fuck this! I've had enough. I'm I am a uh, old enough to get a job, <laughs> I guess." at the arcade and so i'm just gonna get my own apartment and move out because the mom is like hey call me sometime (laughs) he just drives away by himself in a cab where is he going i don't know he's going to his grandmother's house they said is Is that what what they say yeah you know they're trying to deal with it but they mentioned that he was going to his grandmother's house okay i must have missed that it was hilarious it looked like he was he was just he took the dog and he's just kind of like they're like all right good luck out on your own (laughs) yeah and i mean look the oldest daughter dana has just been staying at friends houses (laughs) i'm not even sleeping in that house we get some hints that that maybe they're 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 taking a bit of a two of a hands-off approach um (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) to dana (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we get a little get a hint later maybe uh they don't really know what is uh going on in dana's life um yeah because we uh go ahead no i was gonna say because we cut from that scene where the the dog was in the back of the car but then somehow ended up in the front of the cab as well but whatever <laughs> pulling off the, the cabbie is okay with the dog just running rampant inside of his cab totally seems I like mean, a thing a cabbie would do I mean, it's you know, it was the eighties, man. They didn't yeah. care. Fucking eight Famous year old LA, kid. LA Valley yellow cab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I take them all the time when I'm down in oh, yeah. the valley. Yeah. Um, we cut from that to back in the kitchen where, um, Ryan and Doctor Lesh are there, but uh, Marty is not going to return. <laughs> yeah, that was a great. Yeah, Marty's not coming back. No yeah. shit. He's seen enough. Yeah, because she's uh, Doctor Lesh has gone through like some of the items that fell through the hole because that was part of it. There was a hole that kind of opened up in the ceiling and like looked like watches and jewelry fell through. And she noticed that one of them looked like it was like a are like hundreds of years old, while some of it's pretty new. But the thing is, the pretty new stuff wasn't owned by any of the Freelings. It was other stuff. Um, so then she was going to go back to the college and, um, she was going to try to, uh, get them help. Right. She's coming back with backup. Yeah. Um, but now we're going to, 
now we're going to see a little bit of world building, a little bit of crucial exposition because yeah. um, we cut from here to uh, we got Steve. He's looking like trash. He's all pitted out. He's got a mustard, uh, like a stem of a mustard plant in his mouth. Like, uh, like <laughs> he's just yeah, like he's chewing on a mustard plant, just talking to his boss. Um, cause his boss is, he's got something to show him cause he wants to keep the, his uh, top salesman. Feel like going for a little ride? I'd like to show you something. With the company. So he's going to try to entice him with a brand new plot of land. Um, and now this is up on the hill. It's looking over the valley. Um, it's a great site or it would be a great site if not for the fact that it is right next to a giant matte painting cemetery yeah fucking huge <laughs> yeah it just takes up the, the entire hill and yeah. uh he's oh, like you know we'll you. relocate it no big deal that's what we did for all the houses down in the valley yeah and <laughs> <That> would- <laughs> i was like what that entire the entire housing development used to be a graveyard and then we see this graveyard and it is like massive so just like this entire town was a giant graveyard <laughs> yeah i love it because the the boss it was mr teague was just like yeah well you could have it right here what do you think of this was like your master bedroom view and yeah we moved the you know we we've done it before and he just points right over to where like they live and i'm just like Oh fuck you, dude! I would I, I mean, we would have been so close to that cemetery. I, I could have just left Mister Teague right there, and then <laughs> just killed him right there. <laughs> <laughs> and can you imagine, like, because he's like, uh, you know, um, Steve is saying, hey, you know, people who live in the valley, they're not going to like, you know, seeing all these sort of houses cut into the the mountainside up from them. But dude, there's a giant cemetery. <laughs> they're already looking at it, at just like death every day they could look out their window and, and there's the hills are just covered in gravestones so you know maybe having a house there would be not such a huge change of their precious view no i mean but also the the other thing about the kind of the world building you're talking about here is like the trees in the cemetery look awfully similar to the tree that was in uh, the Freeling's backyard, like the same dead, just kind of like these, like almost finger-like trees, are just kind of peppering this whole area, yeah. Which kind of gives you uh, a little more insight, because I mean, I don't know, like if I would have chose that house, yeah, that tree would have been the first thing I would have removed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so we get that that cool bit of. Uh, story point um you know delivered our way um and uh, that's sort of like an aha moment um for steve's character but now we get now it's the movie's really getting going because the medium arrives um m- uh, mrs or miss let's see how did you how do you pronounce her name it's it's oh, her last name can't. is Burrows, which is awesome. But yeah, it's I just went Tangina. Yeah, I just went Tangina. Tangina, Tangina Burrows. <laughs> yeah, and this is played by the 
um, incomparable Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah, I mean, this has to be the greatest paranormal investigator ever um, in movie history, as far as I'm concerned. Like, absolutely. Every, every time they do something similar, like you know, I was mentioning the Insidious, uh, not the Insidious. Fuck all those movies are same. Yes, the Insidious series. <laughs> yeah, God, just name there's one. so much. You're, you're gonna be right. Yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah, Insidious, Insidious. They have like the psychic character. I don't remember the actress's name, and she's pretty good in those. But I love Zelda Rubenstein. Just so much personality, and uh, so much charisma, and you know, uh, apparently it was a real medium in life. Um, she's uh, passed away since then, but just like, just comes in and just starts stealing the scene. First of all. But I also feel like maybe she knows what she's doing. Oh, maybe yeah. She like, she literally takes the entire ta- uh, cast to school. Uh, you don't mind hanging back? You're jamming the frequencies. Um, uh, Steve tries some sort of dime store test in order to test if she's psychic, and, and she passes it with flying colors um, uh, and really makes him look like a, a fool. And then, um, literally sits everybody down and, like, explains to them what's going to happen. Uh, and, yeah, her, like, her voice is incredible, and the sort of, like, how she lays out, um, you know, the, the world under our world, the world sort of, uh, uh... They linger in a perpetual dream state, a nightmare from which they cannot wake. That is, um, you know, on the other side of this thin membrane between life and death, and how, um, you know, there are all these these wayward spirits there that are very angry and betrayed, um, but they can't uh, they can't move on to the light because they're distracted by the light of Carol Ann. She's alive in this other dimension. What I'm gonna just call the upside down from here on out because i mean i think stranger things owes a ton to steven spielberg in particular and this movie um uh, specifically but yeah, i mean yeah go ahead you know i was just gonna say everything that she's saying in this point i have seen copied in some form or another and used in other movies from this point um, yeah as far as why the ghost want carol ann how they're like kind of in this limbo and um yeah they are they're they're attracted to Carol Ann's life force yeah i yeah i dig it i dig it and not only that but there is an extra angry and powerful spirit uh that is using uh Carol Ann and the distraction that she's providing for all the rest of these poltergeists um to to sort of control them and is uh, manipulating her because, like she says, that uh, the spirit talks to Carol Ann in, in a way that only a child would understand, and um, that was just such a such an incredible line. I mean, it's all delivered in such an incredible way, but um, uh, just this this entire scene—it just like it sets up exactly what the stakes are, and it is incredible. And like I, I think what really sells it is 
uh, Steve's sort of transformation um, from complete skeptic, and he's angry that that what he calls is like the Knott's Berry Farm option, <laughs> because it's, <laughs> it's like true. a sideshow. And then at, by the end of, of her speech, he is just like as transfixed uh, with her as everybody else is. Oh yeah, no, it, it, it's a. It, I, I literally just ended my notes there with great speech. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's not much more you can say. Um, but you know, she says in no uncertain terms, she says, "Let's get your daughter back." Hold on to yourselves. There's one more thing. A terrible presence is in there with her. So much rage. So much betrayal. I've never sensed anything like it. I don't know what hovers over this house, but it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world take your dog away from you. It keeps Caroline very close to it and away from the spectral light. It lies to her. It says things only a child can understand. It has been using her to restrain the others. To her, it simply is another child. To us, it is the beast. Now let's go get your daughter. Yep. Um, and so they start. They they start equipping. They start getting ready. They they. You know, they say they know where the exit uh, to the to the portal is. It's it's like in the roof of their house, and they know where the entryway is. Um, it's in the closet in in uh, Carol Ann and Robbie's room. Um, so they're gonna try to get her back, and part of that is is using some tennis balls to do a test. Now, I'd like to hear what you thought about this, but when that first tennis ball goes through, uh. Uh, what is his name? Uh, Ryan. Ryan. Um, yeah. Catches it and smells it. <laughs> it, it. You know, to be honest, I probably would have done the same thing. Right. But it, he doesn't it, talk about it. He smells it. He's like, it's the ball. It's what it is. And he's just like, ah. Uh, so. No, he grabs it. He's like, it's my writing. Because yeah. they wrote he, right. like one and two on him, right? But he also like takes a big old whiff, and that is not he does not address like how it smells or or why he. Th- whoa, whoa, whoa! That's that's between Ryan and the ectoplasm covered ball. <laughs> He's like, ooh, this is gooey. I wonder what it smells. Oh yeah, yeah. Ectoplasm. I mean, I, I would have done the same thing. I guess <laughs> here. Would you have? Of course. Something of falls course. from a portal, and it's covered in pink slime. And the first thing you do is take a big old whiff. Yeah, after I confirmed whatever the reason why we threw that thing through the portal in the first place. Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna sniff it. You wouldn't? No. What's Hell wrong no. with you? I've seen this Prometheus. Is a, I know what happens when you sniff things. You turn This is 
alien bursts at her chest. No, don't be crossing the streams of movies, okay? Like, no, <laughs> this, is, this is no, this is ectoplasmic, like gelatin on these like, like fucking softballs. Yeah, I'm taking a I'm taking a big old whiff. But I thought for uh, sure look. he was gonna be like, it smells like strawberries. Give a lick. No, now that's going too far. <laughs> Oh my god, I would not, I would not. that's how Smuckers is made. No, I thought you were saying this is how Fresco is made. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we throw the cans through a portal, they're filled, end up on the other side. We don't know how Fresco. that happens. Ectoplasmic um, goo in a can. Quick quick sidebar. Uh, Please. Uh, the, the series, the Amazon series, The Boys based off that comic book they just introduced fresca as sort of um this uh this this sort of tool of uh, of a scientology like uh, uh organization and it, it is the perfect use of fresca yeah it's the only way you use fresca <laughs> you certainly shouldn't be drinking it yeah um yeah we'll talk about it sometime in the future if we ever do that show but uh real fun stuff Fresca, um, the L.A. Rams of sodas. <laughs> Fresca. D- does it taste good? We'll never tell. No. Fresca. <laughs> Fresca. Would you want this being brought to your house if you're having a dinner party? No. Fresca. <laughs> Fresca. The, dis- uh, the soda that if you were offered it after dying of thirst in the des- desert... You would think about it for a minute. You would rather die. Fresco. Mm, I guess. I'm not... No. Yeah, no. 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 I'm not drinking Fresca. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Um, but, uh, yeah. So he's... Uh, we got Ryan downstairs. Um, he is just having... Just, just in... Just all up in... Um, he's, <laughs> Sweet he's, ectoplasmic uh, goo... Yep, he's swiping his nose like a credit card through that ectoplasmic. <laughs> he went all like that. Look, it's like <laughs> like you'd have to confirm if it had a smell, if it didn't have a smell, or you know, like if it smelled like brimstone or like just a fart, or you know, fresca, or you know, smuckers, or you know, like uh, uncrustable, or like whatever. You, you got to confirm <laughs> these things. <laughs> Wow. Oh my god, this ectoplasm is unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it smells delicious. But yeah, at no <laughs> point was he chewing on that shit like that dude was biting it at Jason's heart and Jason goes to hell. <laughs> that dude was like dining on that fucking heart. Yeah, Ryan, being an investigator and a scientist was investigating whether ectoplasm has a smell sure. because before that, all he had was a car taking seven hours to go like three feet yeah i don't i don't want to um get too far ahead but the after credit scene where ryan is uh is 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 signing books um <laughs> the smell of the other side <laughs> exactly and just him holding the ball <laughs> yeah yeah just like uh, right under his nose yeah um it smelled like uh cumin and balls <laughs> Um, (laughs) um, yeah so 
so yeah, the, the the tests come back all right, uh, and then they're gonna put that um, they're gonna put a rope through, and mm-hmm. um, I I really love the part where uh, they they get the rope ready, and uh, and and the medium is gonna take it through, and then um, you know uh, Diana Diana right is that uh, Diana, Diana free. Diana. She comes uh, over and says, "You know, she, you know, Carolyn won't come to you. She'll only come to me." Um, and uh, and then she's like, uh, "You haven't done this before." And uh, Diane is like, "Neither of you." And the, the medium's like, "Yeah, okay, you're right. You go ahead. You're right." Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that scene. She's like, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, good point. Yeah, I was like, yeah, she wants to be a badass to a point, but she's smart. She was smart. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, Diane suits up. She uh, wraps her, um, I guess holds on to the rope or something. Or no, wraps it around her waist. Yeah, she ties it around. I guess she wraps it, just wraps it around her waist, huh? Because it's they're they're holding both ends of it, and um, you know they have a, a touching scene between uh, Steve and Diane where um, they 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 say goodbye and and she says don't let go, which is the thing he does. Spoiler alert! It's pretty yeah, much the but, only thing he does. Yeah, but not. I think I don't want to say it's forgivable. But it's kind of forgivable, right? Well, yeah, I mean, like, he he does all the wrong stuff, right? Because, um, you know, she goes in there, and uh, he panics and starts pulling the rope back. Um, yeah, and, and Gina he, is like, don't do that. Yeah, she's like, it's, it's too, too soon. And she's right, because a giant skull face, uh, a gigantic demon face just pops through that doorway and we get like a nice cut back and forth of this paper mache skull and uh and uh coach steve uh screaming at each other yeah uh, we forgot to mention this is tan uh Tangina's famous other line that a lot of people spoof anyway the crossover children all are welcome crossover into the light that one I'll right put this that kind of in here crossover children all are welcome all welcome go into the light peaks his panic because he's like you told her not to go with the light oh, he the obviously light. doesn't know what's going on and just panics and 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 pulls through this giant demon head, but I, that doesn't really seem to matter because I guess that gives uh, Dan and Carolyn uh, enough space to escape because they come falling through that ceiling. Yeah, I, f- I fell out in the the portal in the living room. Yeah. And they also are covered in ectoplasm. Yeah, that and, that uh, shit looks disgusting, and yeah, they're not breathing either. They're not breathing, and they're uh, they're rushed into the bathroom downstairs and placed in the bathtub uh, into, in, into water. Yep, and they are just, just willed to breathing because <laughs> because Steve says please breathe a bunch and then they just start breathing in that great Hollywood fashion that if you just wish it to be so hard enough and enough people are sadly looking on that uh, the person will be like 
<laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's what happens. And then, yeah, and, and then with a name like ectoplasm, it's got to be good. Yeah. And then uh, Tangina says and proclaims proudly, "This house is clean." This house is clean. Clean. Yes. Roll credits after, and the movie. <laughs> so this is great because they everyone is like they're all happy you know the the the, the freelies are all the freelings are all happy uh that that you know everyone's back and so they're kind of like you know having a reconciliation or or a reuniting moment in the bathroom and the the investigators just close the door they're like okay bye yeah, <laughs> like, this is getting too moment. personal I'm out of here yeah yeah that's the end of the movie it was great um yeah and i also love when uh tangina um like when she's like gets ready for the camera she kind of like uh, tries to like put her hair back in in place and just like puffs her chest out and is like this house is clean yep um but (laughs) <laughs> it's like delivered like such a boss but this as you as you are alluding to very deftly this is a fake out ending yeah straight up because uh they're gonna leave you know they're packing all their shit they're getting the fuck out of there and that's the right move um and we kind of think that this is it like we're kind of breathing a sigh of relief carol ann's back they, they, you know, were able to, to shut the door on that that poltergeist, and um, you know they're they're getting ready because they're saying we're not even staying here. We're gonna stay in the hotel, uh, the Holiday Inn tonight. And, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, they are fucking packing up with a, a, a vengeance. Yeah, they're gonna stay. Oh, yeah. What did they say? They're gonna stay at a ho- the Holiday Inn out on like I, like thirty seven or something, and the the teenage daughter's like, oh yeah, I know that one. <laughs> Yeah, and she's like, what? And the mom's like, like oh, never mind. What? <laughs> <laughs> that part is um, uh, is pretty funny. Yeah. Um. Then it seems like Carolyn actually doesn't remember any of it. Yeah, she seems um, fine. Everyone is in pretty good spirits, all things considered. Um, yeah. But here's a confusing part. So hmm. they're they're all getting you know packed up, ready to go. And they say they're going to sleep in the Holiday Inn that night. Um, but then they also... Uh, she also is like, hey, all right, tuck, tuck yourselves in. Like, she wants the kids to go to bed, even though, what, are they going to wake them up in an hour and take them to the Holiday Inn? Yeah, this one doesn't make a lot of sense. But Right? <laughs> She's going to take a really long bath. And, and she's uh, dying her, her Reed Richard Graydon at the temple's hair. Yeah, that's another thing that kind of fools you initially into thinking the movie's over because she's got these like gray streaks from her like terrifying ordeal. She's been to the fucking other side and is okay. And um, you're like, okay, that's it. You know, she's gonna have like gray hair. Now we're gonna cue crane shot as we pull back from the house and and see the movers and, and, and cut to credits, but no dice because we're still there we're still at the in the bathroom we're still we're seeing our dire hair things are tense again because that fucking clown is still there isn't that yeah. number one thing you pack up 
That fucking pack up, that's the fucking thing that I've been like, I would have uh, thrown through the fucking portal <laughs> just to get rid of it. I've been like, go go back from which you came, evil looking clown. I would have burnt <laughs> yeah, it. Get out of here, like, clown. It, yeah, if I was Robbie, I would have thrown that shit in the attic. I would have done anything I could to get away from it and be like, oh, where's your clown? I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know where the clown is. Don't ask me. I don't know where it is. Yes, if Damn. I'm Robbie, I'm I am definitely relitigating the terms of this uh, of this this clown arrangement. Um, I but mean, to be fair, I'm not even sleeping in that fucking room. No, like, you bring me Why back to the back? house. <laughs> I'd have been like, no, I'm gonna stay in Dana's room, or I'm gonna sleep downstairs, or I'm gonna stay in the moving car until we're ready to go to our new home this is yeah i'm just gonna go out front um uh i just (laughs) i was so excited talking about these scenes i just just noticed i like blew out the (laughs) microphone or the uh levels so hey people listening at home sorry anyway (laughs) that's why it's called pop saga yep that's i can't help myself sorry (laughs) um but yeah, this fucking creepy ass clown is there. They're, the kids are staying in their room. Uh, Diane uh, taking a bath, and Caroline's chewing on Luke Skywalker's foot. Yeah, this is a great. She's like she's chewing on Luke Skywalker's foot like a stogie, and uh, she takes the dis- the head that has been separated from the body of the doll next to her, and sort of just like lowers it slowly so it's sitting right above the doll's body it just like a weird sort of non sequitur moment um and i also like the, how the mom looks like she's taking bath a bath with like a heat lamp or something like there's like pink lighting in the room which is uh i don't know maybe it's mood lighting maybe it's a heat lamp i don't know but it looks uh funny yeah but she's also got the dog watching over her right yeah like, but he's, he's uh, there. so much good the dog does because uh we were we were wrong to to let our guard down because um shit starts to get real wild uh there's some rustling and uh when robbie looks over where the clown once was in that that rocking chair he is no longer um and now we get a terrifying <laughs> sequence of of him looking under the bed uh, and it, well, the clown's not under the bed. It's right fucking behind you, and it looks fucking wild now. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like its expression completely changes from the smile to like this evil fucking like grin. Um, the thing is, it had bells on its feet, and they made a very conscious effort to show you them. But when he snuck up on Robbie, those bells weren't tingling in at all. It's like this fucking this 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 clown knows the power of ninjutsu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He really quieted those things up because um, we get a very protracted scene of of uh, of the clown, um, you know, basically choking out Robbie and dragging him under the bed, um, yep. where they're just wrestling. Um, but again, you know, not to be too much on the Robbie train, but when he takes that clown. And he turns the table on, on that thing and just starts saying, you're not real and stuff. And he's, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. He's hate pulling you. the guts out of that thing. 
all the stuff that's everywhere. He's going uh, just nuts on that thing. Hey, I'm I'm with I'm with him 100. percent Like, <laughs> I, there's only so much you can do. He's, he's like, I don't know you, stranger danger. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, because he like the town, the clown initially seems like it's going to be a big problem. Um, but, uh, he really turns the tables on that thing, and the clown really ends up getting, um, uh, like, I, I would love it if they, you, you heard the clown be like, oh no, oh, oh, get off me, oh, oh no, <laughs> this kid's a psycho. Or, or, you see the clown crawling out from underneath the bed, like, trying to get away, and then Robbie's the one who drags him underneath there. <laughs> I think that actually happened in Scary Movie 2 or 1. Or twelve, yeah. I think that because like the I think that they have a, a parody of this part. I'm pretty sure, and, and um, like uh, the clown attacks one of the characters, but then the character like uh, is sexually attracted towards the clown. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. They turn the tables on him. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, I mean, not to get too derailed, but. Um, the the next like all the stuff that happens next is is like really well done and cool because you get the scene of the poltergeist attacking um uh diane and them like putting that whole room on a gimbal i assume yeah and rotate it yeah just rotating the whole thing so she's like falling up the walls and across the ceiling and of course they have the camera locked down so it looks like it's just like she is just being dragged all over and um it's really uh pretty impressive scary stuff mhm mhm yeah and the yeah. the poltergeists are back stronger even than before this house is not clean <laughs> yeah it is the opposite of clean it was, <laughs> no. it was like whatever was keeping them at bay just to you know do cute little shit was gone that barrier was just 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 erased yeah Uh, absolutely and uh we get like a series of really cool things because like um she uh, she goes out weirdly there was i thought that for sure there was going to be a scary bathtub scene but there isn't um i just wanted to readdress that real quick because i was like i didn't remember and i was like I was like, okay, oh boy, there's like a hand gonna, like, pop out of the bath water or whatever, but they don't actually go for that trope, which was pretty, um, cool, but, um, there's like, you know, there's, there's all this stuff, like, keeping her out of the kids' room, there's like that monster on stilts, that weird, sort of, like, gangly-armed monster, the ghost that is protecting the doorway, Every metal surface she touches, like, shocks her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, eventually she gets outside, and it's just pouring rain, and, and the mud, the, the muddy brim of their, of their newly dug pool gives way, and, um, suddenly she's in the water and just surrounded by floating corpses. Yeah, like, these fucking skeletons are breaking through the, uh, ground and just popping up. Yeah. And these things look terrifying. They're they are really gross. Have you told me, hey, um, those were re- all real. <laughs> those were all real dead bodies. I think I might believe you. Well, those were real skeletons. Right? Isn't that? 
that's some of the that's some of the uh, the lore around the movie, right? No, that the yeah the 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 lore that she talked about, she mentioned that she was told after they f- filmed it was yeah it was cheaper for them to buy real skeletons than it was for them to get fake skeletons that looked that good, right? Because these things look real. <laughs> Like they 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 look like they went to whoever buys like you know the full body skeletons for like doctors' offices or like you know like schools and things like that. These these things had like some of them had like flesh on them still. They were clothed. They're all pulling up and this weird way. They're not like reaching or really grabbing for her too much, but it just like they're just trying to slow her down. But these things are true fright. Yeah, this I remembered like clear as day. Yeah, it was the kind of thing where I had forgot about the fake out ending, and so, but I was like, wait, is it the second one that has this this super memorable, um, uh, like the you know graveyard scene, and and no, it's the or sorry the the pool, um, coffin scene, and no, it's this one because coffins are just exploding out of the ground at this point, um, and who comes to save the day? But it's Ben from next door, but. His 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 point his uh, sort of position at the top of Hero Mountain is uh, is short lived because he is is there to pull her out of the the pool but he's not coming inside <laughs> he's just like his wife is like what makes that sound like that don't go in he's like I'm not you're on your own yeah I mean he has limits and to be fair I don't blame him yeah but um. Man, we get some cool stuff uh, next. There's that cool hallway stretching scene. She's yes. like running to try to get to her kid's door because like it's rimmed in red. There's some crazy shit going on behind there, and the hallway stretches out before, and she can't, she can't get there. And it was like really well done. It looked incredible. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but yeah, the thing was, she didn't touch. I don't think she touched the rails, so that's why she was able to get back upstairs. Right, she learned a lesson. She was like, "Nah, nah, 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 nah. I'll keep my feet grounded." Yeah, and then, yeah, and the, still, uh, ghost is gone. Yeah, he's gone. But like you said, the um, hallway. Because the thing is, like where the kids' hall uh, room normally is, is just like almost right at the foot of the steps, uh, at the top of the steps. But in this scene, it just like zooms out and turns to this really long hallway that she's running down but it looks like she's moving pretty slow uh but yeah she, uh, she breaks into the room and she's able to grab both the kids and the portal like the 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 closet the closet door is closed but it's just like like these tendrils are wrapping around the door and like they're trying to pull you know like it's like moving into the house is like an infection almost i thought it was pretty cool yeah, when she eventually opens that door, it's full on, uh, it's full on portal to the upside down. Yeah, like Stranger Things owns uh, owes so much of the visual language of how the upside down sort of breaks into the the real world to this movie, uh, complete with the tendrils and the sort of like uh, tunnel of goo, um, with you know tentacles coming out of it. Uh, that that we see when she finally gets in there um i love the part where she says god help me and nothing happens oh she has no to something herself. happens 
I mean, she she's able to get them out of there, but it's her ingenuity that does it. Uh, God, yeah, <laughs> no, I was, he's I not listening. God is not home. No, no, Scott, uh, God isn't there, but uh, Steve uh, uh, wasn't there either. And um, it's because he originally he wasn't there because he went to go tell his boss like off like he's like fuck you dude I'm out yeah um, he's he's quitting he's quitting so his boss for some reason goes with him back to his house he's like he's dropping trying. him off or something <laughs> yeah well, no but it, the thing is it was Steve's car yeah it was like their car but his boss is in there the Mister Teague's in there with him and as he's like the house is just like uh, a Christmas tree strobe light effect are kind of flashing through the uh, windows and Steve goes up to the door to open it and like he sees uh, Diane and the kids and she's like Steve help and then this casket just blows right through the like the front entrance way with like this fucking body there and I was just like and then caskets are just breaking through the home yeah, just they're like, just oh busting out God. everywhere. There's that, and then it leads to that uh, incredible scene where he is just like he grabs his boss by the lapels, and he said, "You, you didn't move the bodies. You just moved the gravestones. Why? 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 <laughs> you son of a bitch! You moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? You son of a bitch! You left the bodies, and you only moved the headstones." You only move the headstones! Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, he, he ate two helpings of, like, uh, fruit salad at the craft services table that day to get that line. Because <laughs> it, it, it is a little over the top, but... Oh, man. Yeah, he, he is just going insane. Um, I, I mean, I would have broke the dude's neck right there. Absolutely, and the and the yeah. teenage daughter just happens to pull up with her, with her cool friends in in their you know Trans Am, and uh, and just like she she always comes in right at the point where she is going to be scarred for life. She's just like, what is happening? <laughs> and uh, what is happening is uh, as as the. Uh, as the Freelings um, escape down the road after a very in- intense uh, sort of like where are my car keys uh, sort of fumbling for his car keys moment and uh, you see them kind of like driving down the road and they're like do- dodging coffins that are still busting out uh, fr- from under the ground but then we sort of switch to the perspective of the boss as he as he sees this, uh, the house be slowly consumed into itself, basically imploding in front of them. Yeah, the neighbors are walking out too, because at this point, like, there the tornado happened, and it didn't seem like that many people were that uh, impressed <laughs> no, or worried about. Did not it. seem to be that interested. And then um, this shit, though, everyone was out watching the house just like literally get sucked into itself. <laughs> It's insane. Yeah. yeah, it's it's never properly explained in this movie why just the uh, the 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 freelings are are targeted since um, it's clear uh, that the 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 entire development is built on on this um, on this gravesite. 
Um, but that's that's really the rub is that these these poltergeists were upset because their you know resting place was disturbed. There was a there's a part um, earlier in the movie when he's showing him the, uh, the the gravesite where he says like this is an ancient burial grounds. It's just people. It's <laughs> just like a real callous um way of looking at things and 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 it's his callous uh you know corner cutting nature that comes back to bite everyone in the ass Um, oh yeah i mean he he had the look on his face rightfully so it's like i'm ruined yes yeah this is it for his his stupid uh his stupid phase four development um uh and uh, yeah he definitely knows that and and then we wrap up the whole shebang with a with a uh, with one last kind of joke to send us out on a more of a high note. Um, they get to the Holiday Inn, or yeah, and um, and and they look like they've been through hell. Uh, they they go into their hotel room and then they they the TV's on like this wheel little this wee little wheelie stand, and uh, they shove it outside and just you know into the <laughs> rainy night. <laughs> like fuck it, we're not we're not gonna fuck this TV. Yeah. Yeah, we're not watching it. Get, nope. get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so we... crane shot and credits roll. Then we get that after credit scene with Ryan at the yep. book sign. Yep. I'm kidding that, that the smell that of the other side. <laughs> yeah, smell of the other side. Smells like uh cumin and balls. And fresca. That's that's yeah. what fresca smells like. Right. And with just a dash of fresca. Mmm, <laughs> delish. <laughs> so, uh, so John, uh, what was it like watching this movie again after all that time? What did you think? Oh man. Um, so, like I said, I haven't watched this in easily twenty plus years, um, and. Uh, watching it, like, there were some things that made me go, woo, like, look, none of the effects hold up, except for Diane in the room looks good, because it's a practical effect that looks really mm-hmm. good. Um, but, you know, a lot of it is, like, uh, rotoscoping and animation and all that stuff drawn over it just kind of doesn't hold up. But I did not realize how much I like this film to watching it again. Um... I love it. I, it, it. I was really enamored with it um, from the start to how the family seemed like a real family to how weirdly messed up these like ghosts were with the things they were doing. Mm-hmm. And like no one dies. It's not like anyone dies in this film. People died, but it was it was messed up. But I, I really dug it. I thought. The writing was well done, like it's well edited, well shot. Everything that made me do more research into this than I normally would have. Because I would just share... Normally, when doing these things, these are just anecdotal stuff that I, for some reason, have remembered. And I don't know why I know this stuff. And in this instance, I dug a lot deeper into this movie. And I was really intrigued, including, I was like... Did Toby Hooper really direct this? Because I don't think he really did. Not again. Not take anything away from him. He's directed more stuff than I ever will. But like, yeah, it was a great time. I really enjoyed it. 
and it really made me sad to think that there were two more sequels based off of this <laughs> uh not only that um two more sequels and uh a remake back in 2015 that was very uh poorly received and uh, the russo brothers are going to remake it again so i say i agree with you i'm on board i really really enjoyed this movie uh i enjoyed it so much um to the point where i thought maybe i'll make this a tradition every year when uh, halloween I, rolls exactly around. exactly yeah i i i was thinking the same thing i mean it was you know like it's weird with a lot of horror movies where um i mean one this was rated pg because at the time pg-13 was not a rating so right like i could just picture it was originally all these rated r uh r. but they uh appealed it and the ratings board was like okay pg yeah you're fine spielberg you're fine brushed them off. i mean you're fine toby hooper you're fine. We'll do that. It was just a. It was a great movie, and and um, you could see why it is so. Uh, is cited as, as an influence uh, on so many of the things that we love uh, these days. Um, I think as far as like haunted house or specifically ghost movies go, there's a lot of them out there, obviously. Um, but I find a lot of them to be very similar, sort of how they treat the ghosts and sort of, oh, it's another, you know, um, you know, shadowy figure with long hair and 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 uh, it's at some point it's going to come very fast towards the camera and that's going to be the scary part. Um, not to say that there isn't originality out there and uh, and and people who are really, uh, you know, forging new ground as far as horror is concerned. Um, but uh, it was just like a great, fun ghost story, and I, and it was like thrilling and scary. And, and you're right, like nobody, there's no body count. We're not dependent on like uh, gore to the to for the most part. I mean, there are a few gory parts, but in general, it's just like a. It was just a. It was it moved along really well, and it was a fun movie. And so yeah, I think this goes into my permanent like spooky movie rotation um and and uh i'm i'm, I'm just gonna pretend it is it exists in a vacuum and there was yeah no sequels <laughs> yeah that was the thing like watching this made made me like i said sad that there are sequels yeah no interest in watching those sequels because i know they won't be remotely as good as this one I mean, I remember the third one was not very good at all, and the second one, I, I remember bits and pieces of it, and it, nothing like. It, it's funny again. No body count, some gore, but I mean, this movie doesn't really even rely on jump scares or like the the the, the standard tropes. Like, was I scared while watching this movie? Like, no. But I'm an old man. Uh, yeah, but it like was spooky. It, it was spooky. It's thrilling. It's chilling. Yeah, you feel genuine like concern for the characters. Um, yeah, but, but it wasn't it's not like scary. It's not like yeah. It's but it because it doesn't use the standard, you know, kind of cheap tropes that are used now, where it's just like you know, 
creepy thing walks behind somebody you know like they're, they're doing like this front shot of the main character then behind them walks the ghost kind of staring at mm-hmm. them you know like little cheap tricks to the the creep you out this does it in its own way like just thinking of the situation everything and yeah so much of this just watching it then made me uh like kind of go back and read up on some other uh horror more modern horror movies because I, I've seen some of them, but I haven't seen, like, look, I've seen Insidious, I've seen The Conjuring, but I haven't gone and watched any of the sequels or their their other ones just because this is like, why bother? But then just rereading about The Conjuring and Insidious, I was just like, wow, oh, this is very much just, like, a remake of Poltergeist, but not done nearly as well. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, th- is, I totally this- agree. I think we can give this one a Pop Scares Ya recommendation. Yeah, well, I, I, I wasn't clued in onto the new recommendation system, but yeah, I agree. Pop Scares Ya. <laughs> <you. laughs> um, it's terrific. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. Um, Don't so- be a boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a boo-boo. I was trying to think of something like, don't be a booer with this. See the movie. I would, yeah, I would just say, yeah, definitely. Check it out. Yeah, make it part of your uh, your spooky month of uh, of October this year, and I hope that you had a great time joining your ghostly hosts this evening for the inaugural episode of Pop Scares Ya. And please join us next week when we'll be talking about A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. But until then, stay spooky. Stay kooky, <laughs> and we'll see you next week. There are many hearts in this home. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul, seal your doom tonight. not expecting that. Uh, good times. Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy. Uh-huh. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip-hop. From the roots, Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want, it don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga, let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right, this is a lifestyle, welcome to the nerd life, pop side.